So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, I'm Mr. O, and today Miss H and I will be discussing season five, episode five of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Chris and Gabby try to out-petty each other. Eris has as questionable a taste in shirts as she does in men. Ashley encourages Travis's trencher hunting. Michael drops some rhymes for us. Skylar panics over Nathan's lack of texting. And Monique can't just not say anything when it comes to social media drama. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating. And if you watch 90 Day Fiance, please check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day NK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things with you? I guess pretty good. Um, I'm in Maui right now for a friend's wedding, so uh, the audio is not going to be the best, but we will do our best. Yeah, I mean, you can't say things are too bad if you're in Hawaii, so. Right, right. right. It's also Martin (laughs) Luther King Day, so I'm sure there's people who have today off. Not everyone, but not everybody. Yeah, it, it's it's a weird because I live, you know, in and around in DC, the DC area. There's always more people around here that have a day off, just because there's more government workers. Yes, and uh, yes. so the people who aren't government workers here tend to get pretty uh pretty mad. They're like, not everybody has a day off, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, having the day off, or you know, getting out, let's start off with Eris and Cameron. So. Cameron is being re-released because it ends up that he failed his breathalyzer test at the halfway house. He claims that he only had one drink. Mm -hmm. Eris is worried that this will negatively affect his chances of being able to parole to Florida or move to Florida. It was only 13 days of him being out before, uh, you know, he was supposed to be released for good that he failed his breathalyzer test. So Eris is worried that Cameron can't control himself and she doesn't know if she wants her daughter exposed to that kind of irresponsible behavior. Eris goes to pick up Cameron with some kind of shirt with cartoon boobs and nipple rings drawn on it. I wasn't really yeah, sure. It was very weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they run and hung each other when they see each other and Eris asks him, don't ever do this again. And Cameron says that he's learned his lesson now. He's not trying to lose more time in his life. He says he's going to do things good this time around. Almost immediately, Cameron gets on one knee and says that he wants to be with Eris forever and asks her to marry him. Eris says yes, as Cameron does a victory dance. He tells us that he had bought a ring before he got arrested again, so he had the ring in his pocket when he got released. It's not exactly how Eris pictured it, but she's happy. But Cameron wants to lock it down immediately, like tonight. Eris is asking why so fast, and Cameron says that he has to meet with his PO after the weekend, and he thinks that if they're married, he's more likely to be able to get approved to move to Florida to be with Eris. Eris thinks he needs to get a dress, invite her friends and family, and there's just so many things to do. And this is not really the wedding that she would expect to have. And Cameron says that, you know, well, we could just do it in a day. All right. So do you really think that Eris is going to get all the things in her dream wedding in one day? No, like that doesn't work (laughs) like that. You literally you you can't even get a location in one day. right? Right. And it's funny. It's funny that this came up. I don't know why it just came up this time when I saw this one that um, I remembered that like you can't always do that what they want to do 
Like oh, in exactly. Maryland, in Maryland, there's a 48 hour waiting period. There's a, between when you apply for the application and you actually get the marriage license, it's 48 hours. And other states have different requirements. Now, some states, and I looked it up, Ohio included, are there's no waiting period. So you just show up at the courthouse and be like, we better do this. And they're like, okay. Um, so that could have worked. But I mean, I feel like we've seen it a lot. I was like, wait a second, that doesn't scan to me. You can't just show up right. and decide like as soon as somebody's out of prison to get married. Now we've seen people do it. We saw Gabby and Chris do it last time, yeah. right? But I was like, maybe there's some sort of like pre, you know, notarized signing and do- official documents where he signed up beforehand. But apparently, in some states, you can. But well, in some states, you only need one person to apply. So you don't need both parties to actually be there to apply. So I know in Michigan it's like that. So only one person (laughs) needs to go there to get the application. Interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Parties need to be there to actually sign the document. So it could be with the Gabby and Chris situation that Gabby went and got the application and actually applied by herself. Yeah. Like I feel like maybe different states have different issues, but I feel like when we did it in Maryland, there was very much a like both people had to be there to ensure that someone wasn't being like forced into right. marriage against their will. <laughs> like <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of surprised to hear that only one person needed to be there. I was like, that seems like there could be a lot of fraudulent things happening. Right. Like, I can bet you're like either forced into it or like tricked into it. Like, haha, let's right. pretend to do it. Oh, nope. This is actually a person I actually got a marriage license. We're married now. Like, yeah, it's legally but I binding. feel like Nevada doesn't have a waiting. And that's part of the reason why Vegas is such a popular destination for kind of the quickie weddings. Yes. I want, I, 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 my guess, not knowing the history of it, is Nevada probably did it. And then a lot of other states were like, well, if everybody can go to Vegas and get a wedding anyway, what's the point of having a wedding waiting period? But, Right. We definitely still do here. And so – but regardless, your point is one day, like what is – she can't invite anybody. No. Right? She can, She probably can't – she can't get a dress tailored. Like I don't know what it is that she wants uh, that she – anything. Yeah. Okay. She's not going to get her dream je- dress. But if you just want a random white dress, depending Fair. on the season of the year, and she's wearing shorts and a t-shirt, so it's not like the dead of winter. I'm sure she can find just any old white dress. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Yeah, off the rack. But I was also concerned, like, it, where's her daughter? Like, she doesn't – it seems like the the right. part of the dream wedding was my daughter would be there, right? And isn't the yes. daughter in Florida? Yeah, well, the whole like, family's in Florida, which is why she's like, I need a day. The family needs to get here. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if your sister or somebody just called and was like, hey, I'm getting married in Ohio tomorrow. Like, tomorrow, get a plane ticket. Like, get up here. Oh We're doing goodness. the wedding tomorrow. It's my dream wedding. I need to do it tomorrow. Bring my daughter too. Such a plane ticket yeah. for her. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's forget the wedding being in a day because I think Cameron's being impulsive, which she already said that she's worried about his impulsive behavior and irresponsible behavior. And it's like, especially when it comes to her daughter, but it's like, you're the mom wearing a random t-shirt exactly. with like nipple rings like it's, on them. Yeah, it's like do you does she wear that shirt in front of her daughter because I feel like that's it's very concerning. It was literally I just cartoon boobs, like the kind of boobs like a, a middle schooler draws, just like, you know, two right. bubbles and then dots with I, lines through them, which I assume you're right. It, it, it was 
supposed to be a nibble so, with a nipple ring, I guess. Yeah, but I don't understand. Who are you wearing that shirt for? It's not, it I wasn't like know. flattering because it's just a t-shirt, you know? It's like, yeah. did you think Cameron thought it was funny? Did Cameron make that shirt for you? Cameron did think it was funny. Let's be honest. Like, that, that <laughs> yeah. does seem like the kind of shirt that Cameron would be into. Well, it's also the kind of shirt Cameron probably made for her. I mean, I would just – I couldn't imagine being anything but mortified that my mom would wear that shirt in public. I know. I that's what like, I was thinking. I was like, all right. Setting you a good example for your daughter, huh? Okay. Yeah. Don't want to be impulsive. Don't want to like – yeah, I don't know what – I mean, granted, there's lots of other things that Cameron has done that I wouldn't want my daughter around. But it's it's not like she's like, well, I'm doing an A-plus <laughs> number one job that most <laughs> other people would, would find acceptable. Obviously, she finds it acceptable and she thinks she's doing fine. But – yeah, it's like uh, under most circumstances, like, well, I don't want my daughter exposed to that. And it was like, as opposed to all the other things you expose her to, this seems a little suspect. Especially like just, yeah, the idea of it is like you're going to still do the thing that we all – that the show is about. Move this random guy that you've only met known through prison. Well, yeah, right. they only know him through prison, right? This wasn't a we knew each right, other and then he right. got locked up, right? Yeah. And just move him in with your daughter. Like, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just not really invested in their story. It just seems like we don't really get a whole lot of them. Yeah, and we don't. And have, then all of a sudden so, they're getting married. It's like, yeah, we don't right. have some of the situational stuff that we have with some of the other people where there's actually like a mm -hmm. plot line. It just seems yeah. to be like, isn't this dude goofy? This guy's silly. Here's a silly guy that we put on the TV, and here's he, a silly girl who's wearing a silly shirt. Yeah, but the thing was, is it seemed like. For, for at least at first, I was like, I don't understand what this girl sees in this guy. Like, he is just goofy. He's acting. Mm -hmm. And then she wore that shirt, and I was like, all right, I see it a little bit more now. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's just a little more understated on how she uh, puts out her goofiness. All right, so let's move on. And speaking of people who I'm not sure what they see in each other, let's go to Gabby and Chris. <laughs> so Chris is still stuck at the station for like from last week, but turns out it was all a fake out. Gabby is actually at the station, although she does like, come in hot, just being like comes pouncing on the station and being like, hey, cheater. And then they start a fight about his suspicious phone records. So not only did she get his phone records because it's – I guess she pays for the phone or at least the phone he was using prior to this last episode. Yeah. But she also called the numbers to confirm that they belong to females. So when they leave, he keeps asking like where the car is because – they're walking five blocks home, which is just unacceptable. He's like, you should have brought the car. Why are we walking? This is dumb. So she says the car is in the shop, but also points out that he's not wearing a ring. So she antagonizes him, antagonizes him about that the whole way uh, uh, the whole way home. And he admits that, oh, he did throw his ring away, <coughs> which she yells at him about before she then says that she also threw her ring away. I doubt that. She pawned it. No. I also doubt the anything. car was in the shop. Like nothing she says is true. Right. So he claims he's not doing any cheating or chasing and, and the real problem with this relationship right now is her being extra. So he gets very – she actually gets very anxious when a car, cop car just like pulls up to go into another house across the street and she's like, you're going to get you. They're going to get you. And he's like, I'm not even on probation. I'm free. Like they're not going to get me for anything. <laughs> anyway, they think they're there to harass him and eventually – but then – they just – it's a lot of scenes of them walking along the street just yelling at each other and then walking across the street from each – it's just – they just are super annoying about everything. So I don't know how but eventually they do get back to the apartment. Now, when they do get to the apartment, she's inside and he's waiting outside for her to let him in. 
And he also said, like, I paid for this apartment, so this is dumb. It's weird and awkward. And they kind of just play chicken with each other. Like, she waits until she sees him walking away. And once he sees him walking away, she's like, oh, no, stop. Come back. And then she throws the um, then she throws the key out so he can get in. And, you know, she says she does it because he is paroled here. So he technically does have to stay here. And also, she doesn't want to be petty which is a bridge we crossed a long time ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> so he comes inside and she tells him he has an infidelity problem, which he disagrees with um, because it can't be infidelity unless you're having sex with other people and he's not doing that. So it's not infidelity. So he thinks that everything here, he just feels to him like everything's projection. If she's accusing him of cheating, that makes him feel like she's cheating. So eventually he just like blatantly asks for sex and she's like, nope. And walks up and goes to the bedroom, which leaves him to sleep on the couch. Okay, so I just have – I don't know. Like why are they talking to each other if they're not going to be able to see by – this just seems like a situation where they should both just like not talk for like a day and like figure this out tomorrow, right? Right. Possibly. I mean it's interesting because at the end of the day, she doesn't want him to get in trouble. Right. We saw her panic with yeah. the police that had nothing to, you know, it's like nothing to panic over. But even she said in the end, you know, like, oh, he's paroled here. So she's not trying to get him in trouble by like not letting him in. But she definitely wants answers and she wants the upper hand in this situation and like control over the apartment is like control over the situation because where else is he going to go? But the mm -hmm. moment he threatens to go back home to his mom, that's when she's kind of like, okay, I'll let you in kind of situation. So um, I don't know. It, it is interesting because it's like he's not completely wrong in that he didn't physically cheat on her, but we have the receipts. He's been emotionally cheating on her. And until he addresses that, they're going to have issues. Like, he just needs to own up to it. You know, Gabby is clearly freaking out for other reasons, which probably means that she wasn't uh, talking to him as often. And if he needs that kind of, like, uh, emotional support and she's not the one to be giving it to him, I guess that's why he's seeking it other places and you know, she just needs to – they need to have a conversation about it, but you're right. But they're, like, unable to given that they're both being petty. Yes. They're just both being extraordinarily, annoyingly petty about yeah. everything. I mean, yes. he, just, he he does have a ridiculously unreasonable, um, like, definition of what does and does not constitute cheating. Right. He's like, yes. unless I am, like, actively having In sex someone. with her right now <laughs> – yeah. It is not cheating. I could I could be flirting. I could be sending them nudes. I could be doing anything, whatever. As long right. as it doesn't involve actual sex, not cheating. And it's like that's – no. Like, we've seen people go the other way and I don't mm -hmm. think she goes the other way. Like if you talk to a person with opposite genitals, you are cheating at all. Like that's it. But his is just like such a pedantic uh, definition of cheating that it loses like almost all meaning. Yeah, and also I don't know if I super, super believe him either because it's like even like when he's talking about it, it's like I noticed when he was like they had they were filming him and he was like uh, talking to Gabby and he was just like, there's no other women. And he like closes his eyes when he says it. And it's just like, <laughs> I know I'm not trying to read, you know, are you looking off to the left or, you know, whatever tell that's supposed to be. But, but it's when like, you could, you, you can't even look him in the eye when you say it. Yeah, right. like, that's it's another like, thing. Mm, I don't know if I believe what you're saying. Yeah, I, 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 that's where I think it is. I think he is 
definitely talking to other women. He is definitely flirting with other women. He is definitely Mm -hmm. setting it up so he has options with other women if he so chooses. He just hasn't actually slept with another woman like since he's been out of prison yet. (laughs) And so he's like, I'm in the clear. I haven't. That's the one line you can't cross. Like everything else up to that point, fair game. All good. Yeah. And so I don't – I. I don't know that she isn't also cheating on him, but I yeah. Uh, I, I mean, who's I, but, to say? Yeah, especially with his um, just idea that it's everything is projection, which is yeah, kind of infuriating. It's definitely infuriating when you're actually mad at somebody with somebody, and they're like, "Well, I just think you're mad because you're doing it." And it's like, "This is we're not talking about me." Like, let's <laughs> let's stop this. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, let's move on to uh, Justine and Michael. So Justine and Michael are discussing their family drama the next morning. And Justine defends, uh, you know, her argument that she got into with Michael's mom uh, and defends protecting her daughter and says that she does regret the timing of that argument. Michael says that at the end of the day, he has Justine's back when it comes to family. Justine says she's willing to meet his mom halfway and she will give an apology, but she also expects to get one in return. Michael thinks that there are a lot of tempers and emotions flaring up because he just got out of prison. Justine breaks down crying because she was there for him in prison and took a burden off the family and they're just not appreciating what she did. Michael says that if his family loves and respects him, that they will love and respect his wife. He then brings up that he needs to meet with Mocha for a business meeting, and Justine insists on coming. Michael thinks it's inappropriate for her to be there because it's work, but Justine, she's being stubborn and insisting because she doesn't trust Mocha. Justine wins as she accompanies Michael to his meeting with Mocha at a smoke shop slash office. Mocha says that they need to repackage and rebrand Michael. He says that Michael needs to get into that hustling mentality. And Mocha thinks that Michael is very talented, but he needs to get into the studio and then they're going to get him signed. Michael does some freestyle rap for Mocha and Mocha gets really excited about seeing his talent again. Michael says that there's a hunger in him now. Mocha doesn't want to waste any more time and he wants them to move to Vegas. Justine is okay with that. Mocha says that he needs to take off the ring too. Because, you know, they don't like married men in the industry. And Michael says he likes being married and doesn't really want to take it off. But Mocha insists that he has to take it off, much to Justine's protest. All right. So a couple of things uh, going on here. Uh, Let's start off with the Mocha stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. They want to move to Vegas. They have like a bazillion children. Yeah, and you'd think you'd be losing out on some of the support you're having with them by just going Mm -hmm. out to Vegas. But I feel like this isn't the first time we've heard her say she was pro-Vegas. Yeah. Um, And I I, I think it also kind of goes with, you know, we really see a lot of the times the people who weren't in prison are very concerned with getting – making sure that the the inmate doesn't hang out with the people they hung out with before they were locked up. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Moving out to Vegas is like an easy way to make sure that doesn't happen, right? An easy way to kind of insulate him from the situation that the situations that got him locked up. But yeah, it's that's a really big move. And like her kids are old 
right? That's that's tough. Like, she got one kid, and like, if if she's not in middle school or high school, she's pretty close. Oh, uh, ju- yeah. Her daughter is, I'm gonna say, like almost a senior because weren't they arguing about that tattoo mm. at 16? So oh, she must that's true. be yeah, yeah, 16, 17 yeah. ish, somewhere in there. Right, and so that's that's tough to tell a, a person in high school. We're gonna, I'm gonna move you across the country. That's. That's – I mean people do it and people have reasons to do it. But it seems like I wouldn't want to do that unless it was like absolutely necessary. Yeah, definitely. But I mean they're already going through a lot of changes. So I don't mm-hmm. know from Justine's point of view. She's like, well, why not one more change? Yeah, and I guess that is the – that is kind of a different ways of looking at it. It's like, all right, well, we, we're going through these you know, extremely life-changing, life-altering changes. Like is it better to – Put them all up and once everything happened at once or is it right. better to like dribble them out so that they kind of get used to each thing as it comes along before you change something else on them. But I don't know. I, I would just need way more than the word of Mocha that you're going to make it great if you move to Vegas than that it would take for me to actually pull the trigger on this. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know who Mocha is, why Mocha thinks he actually has people's ear. You know, I kind of need more details as to what this is because it's still – Seems like a pipe dream to me. Yeah. Okay. So you've now heard whatever his Montana Mills. Montana Mills. Yeah. uh, Yes. (laughs) Rap. What do you think? Uh, I actually think the lyrics, lyrically, what he wrote was pretty decent. Like he had good rhymes and stuff. Yeah. His flow, not good. Like really? everything sounded weird and choppy, and and like it, it just didn't, it didn't flow. Maybe if we had kind of the right beat behind it to do it. It might be able to kind of be able to see what he's going for, but I just don't I just it just it reads like he's reading it, right? And not like getting into the flow. To me, that's yeah. what it sounded like. I well, wasn't overly I mean, impressed. Like, to give him some credit is uh he didn't have a beat at all, right? He was just straight up freestyling without any music. Yeah, but I feel like if you if you hear the people who make it, you could take the music away and you can be like, I hear it. Like I hear mm-hmm. just it, it it's 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 hard to like pinpoint exactly what it was, but it was like it, the it did, the things the words didn't flow into each other as mm-hmm. mu- as well as they should have. And like and make no mistake, I'm not going to do this ra- rap on this or rap on TV because it's <laughs> yeah. better than I could do. Like I just don't know if it's better if it if it's good enough that you can make a career on it. You know what I'm saying? Like right, it's one right. of those. It, that's why I say pipe dream. It's it, music, um, movies, and it depends. I guess it depends on where you want to go but like sports and things like that there's certain things that it's like you have to be better than 99% of anybody just to make a living at it not mm-hmm. even to be like high at it and like and so I don't know that he's seems decent I just don't know if he's at the level it takes to do that and especially if they just think some rebranding and taking a, a wedding ring off of it I don't know that that moves the needle all that much yeah yeah definitely all right, so let's hit. Let's go and hit the meat of the me- episode. I feel like it took up more than half of our screen time. Oh, and that's, yeah, uh, definitely. That's it was uh, Monique- good though. It was good drama. It was good. I was yeah. here for it. So we got Monique and Derek. So we start with them uh, talking about he's charging his GPS ankle monitor. Which finally we have a GPS ankle monitor. Why? Right. Like, it, like, and to make sure he doesn't leave the greater Cleveland area. So she says that last night they ended up going to the casino like he wanted to, but they couldn't get in because Derek didn't have any ID and he was pretty salty about that. 
So she's hoping that things go better today. And so she's making sure that he has everything he needs to go to the bank and start credit. It was very much like a mom thing. Do you have this? Did you get this? So things start off kind of shaky there too because at the bank, they need two forms of ID. <laughs> and he has one printed out, but then they don't have a second and a Monique's looking at her phone and it's like in a, you know, 3G dead zone or something. So it's taking forever for her to load up. And they end up kind of just going through all the papers they have. And he has a check from prison that is apparently the money he made while he was in prison, not drug money. Uh, and the bank guy says that'll work. So he talks about – he talks about where that money came from, how he bet it's he, – he was a successful drug dealer outside of prison. But this was all just side hustles. So not surprisingly for a gambler, they talk about what his financial plan is and it's crypto. So oh, he tells God. us how he helped a cousin like hack into their crypto wallet because they – I guess they forgot their key or something like that. So Monique <sighs> doesn't like hearing about how Derek was talking to people she doesn't know like because the cousin was a was a, was a girl. And uh, she's like, mm, even if they're related, she's like, this is suspicious. I don't like it. So <laughs> afterward, they get in the car and he wishes she was as excited as him about his first step in a new life. You know, but she's like, you opened a bank account. It's not a big deal. But she, but he gets a call from an unknown caller. So he answers it and it's Aubriana, his sister, who he has been – and I, I wasn't – I can't remember who – I don't know who couldn't keep no, track No, I think it was his cousin that called, Aubriana the cousin. Oh, I thought, I thought it said Aubriana was his sister. But anyway, Aubriana was who called, right? They, but this was a person who had called multiple times. And I also was not sure if they were she was calling Monique's phone or Derek's phone. That was very fuzzy to me. So anyway, he says, you know, he, oh, I'm not trying to talk to people who weren't there for me when I was in prison. I'm trying to focus on getting my life together, and that's why we haven't talked. And she doesn't really say anything on the phone. She's like, oh, okay, all right, and then hangs up. And they get to a gym. And while they're trying to set up his gym membership, all of a sudden Monique starts getting like these big like brick blocks of text from Aubriana, which uh, she shows him. And he's like, no, this no, I'm in the gym. This is my place where I don't have to worry about any of that. Leave me alone. <laughs> but he kind of – does, he does end up reading it and he stumbles through what it says and he just kind of goes, I don't want to deal with this now. But I, I read it. So in summary, there was – it, there was the blurring of the tech of the cuss words in it. It was Abriana taking a lot of offense at the idea that people weren't there for him because she says the mainly the they the in question here were kids at the time. She's like, what do you mean they weren't there for you? They were 12. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but then she also comes back at, and, and threatens to slap Monique's, quote, big fat messy ass if she keeps ignoring God. their calls. So – uh, he encourages her, just don't respond. It's just let it go. We'll deal with it later. But she's like, no, I want to do that. I, I think I should. So she, he gets his way and instead they work out and she shows her – She he shows her all of his favorite workouts, which she can be down with. But he she thinks – then it kind of comes up and who when are you going to work out? Where are you going to go? That he has to stay here in Cleveland and she has to go back to Chicago so they'll be separated for a while. So the drama continues after the gym when um, Derek's sister Elizabeth posts a picture on Instagram of him and saying, oh, he's been in prison a long time. Where are you bad bitches at? Because my, my brother needs a, needs a woman. So oh, God. Monique doesn't handle this as well as we might have hoped. And she gets in the comments and slaps back saying, 
something about this, along the lines of he's mine and he'll never go against me. So Derek just doesn't appreciate that Monique is you know, rolling around in the dirt with his sisters on social media. And she's just like, what do you expect me to do? Just not say anything? And Derek <laughs> is basically like, yes, that's yes, exactly, exactly what I expected you to do. <laughs> it's called not taking the bait, Monique. So Derek doesn't understand why she's just completely, well, your sisters and your sisters and your sisters. And he's just like, why are you focused on what the dumb stuff that's happening on social media when we're here together for, a super, for not that long a time? We have to separate. But she's just way too mad to think straight. So they just – she wants to just roll up and confront them face to face, which he begs her not to do. Um, so things that devolve where she says, I'm driving over there. So he gets out of the car to make sure he won't be anywhere near any kind of confrontation. So, but eventually she gets him back into the car and she, she calls Elizabeth, which, and they have a mostly bleeped conversation about who Derek belongs to. So we just, he's just, and all this while as they just can't let this go, he's getting more and more and more angry. Um, and, uh, and again, she, and, and so Monique is just – Monique kind of is in the impression of everything's fine with us. It's your sisters that are a problem. But then she knows she could be the bigger person and ignore them. But she should be, I should say. But she can't <laughs> be. <laughs> so they go back to the hotel and when he has a minute to calm down, he tries to explain to her why he was so upset about the situation. She's – especially because she's always up his butt about – him being, don't get in trouble. You got to stay clean. You got to can't be in trouble. And then as soon as anything happens, the first thing she wants to do is let's go somewhere and get in a fight. <laughs> um, and he's like, this is this is actually way more serious than that because if there was a fight anywhere near him and the police got called, he's the one that's going to be. He's the one wearing the ankle monitor. And even if he wasn't involved, he's probably going to be the one end up going back to jail. So he she tells him that she's not going to involve engage with his sisters anymore, but is really really upset about the whole situation. So he feels like – she feels like he doesn't have her back, uh, you know, again, because he's just acting like she's not supposed to say anything. So there's also a part about how he wants to go to his grandma's that was a little confusing at first. But then we figure out, oh, no, he did want to go to his grandma. So there's two people involved here. There's Big Mom, who is his great-grandma that he's going to be paroling with. And um, they go to their her house first. So they go there. She's 95 years old and they get to her house. He wants to drop off his stuff. It's going to stay there, you know, his stuff because he's going to leave there. So he goes to the door but there's a big like sign that was like, gone to church. Be back soon. So they kind of <laughs> sit at the in the driveway waiting. And while he's at the door, Abriana calls, calls. Monique answers it. But we only hear the beginning of the conversation which was, bitch, when I catch you. And I was like, hang up. Like, so she keeps calling and a very, uh, eventually Derek answers one of the calls, which involves a threat to kill Monique. Like that bitch is running strong, but we're going to kill her. So oh, gosh. Yeah, sometimes between all the threats from his sister, Derek's cousin Jessica calls and oh, asks him to come see. that's what I was thinking of. Yes, yeah. I was thinking of the cousin. Yeah. The cousin Jessica calls um, and they answer her. And she says, you need to come see Granny because Granny is – not doing very well and she might – they want to make sure that he sees her before she passes. So with that, they leave Big Mom's house to go see Granny and at Granny's, um, Derek goes in himself. It was probably – look like a hospice facility or something. So she didn't go in. And while he's in there, Monique gets a call from her friend Janisha. So they're just chatting and while this is all going on, she's getting nervous about this cop car that keeps driving back and forth. There's something about Monique and cars that drive back and forth that we just yeah. can't get away from. Right. 
And that's when things get really weird. So Derek comes out and like as he's coming, not even as he's coming out, before he comes out, producers come to the car and they get in her car like because they were in a following car. And then when they come – when Derek comes out, instead of rearranging seats, they like don't have time. They're like we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And he gets yeah. in the back seat, right? And so they start driving off and they're like, well, we'll go to this gas station over here. And as they pull into the gas station, like Derek is in the back seat yelling, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't stop. So they don't stop, and now there's this white car chasing them as we more or less end the episode. I guess we'll see what they're, they're going to try to go back to the hotel. But production's in the car. Production seems very scared and very nervous yeah. about what's going on. As they Especially should. At some point, especially because Monique at some point was like, I'm going to pull over and see who it is. And they're all like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So as we see – so that was the pattern with Monique. What is it with Monique and – Having to say something. I don't know. But I was just thinking that too. It's just she is not backing down from a fight. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say she's the instigator. But she feels a need to have to like defend herself. Right? She's someone who has to have the last word in. She's someone who can't just ignore things, can't let it go. And I was very frustrated with her in this whole episode because of that, because Derek is absolutely right. We've seen his sisters. They are immature. They are petty. They are, you know, just extra. It's like, You don't have to respond to that because they are – that's what they're going for. They just want to get a reaction out of Monique and it's like giving them what they want. They want to make her look dumb and they don't care how dumb they have to look to to do it, right? Yes. And so you you cannot possibly win that fight because as soon as you start fighting, they got exactly what they wanted. That is all they wanted. All they wanted was for you to come and start being petty with them. Does that matter? There's no – because – Anytime there's a petty argument, no one has ever in the history of any arguments won a petty argument. Right. Like at no point has yeah. anyone's mind been changed. Has anyone been like, oh, I guess I guess that was it. They're the winners. It just goes on forever getting stupider and stupider. Right. And it's not even like they actually are fighting over Derek at this point, right? Because when mm-hmm. Derek says something, because it's clear that Derek is you know, kind of taking Monique's side on this, they just kind of are like, oh, okay – and then they turn around and like try to get a rise out of Monique again. So it's like yes. they're not legitimately fighting over Derek. They're just trying to make her look dumb. Yeah. And it's like it's really Why doesn't she not, get that? I don't know. And, and and to me it's like, okay, Derek, we don't have a deal. And that's – I mean he – I don't know if he would have eventually done the right thing because yes, if your sisters are – Calling your your girlfriend a sloppy fat bitch on social media. Yeah. You should probably say something to them. You probably don't right. need to say it on social media. But right, right. Something needs to be said, right? And it yeah. needs to be something like, I need you to take down that post or something like that, that we can have an right. actionable reaction on, right? But that's his job. That is not her job. Yeah, no, no, I agree. But I also feel like – we don't really know the relationship between Derek and his sisters. Maybe he just right. knows better. Maybe he knows that he's said stuff to them before and they just ignore him. So it's pointless, right? Maybe he knows where this is going to go. And so he's just like, whatever, mm-hmm. just ignore it. You just can't be bothered by stuff like this because they're going to do what they're going to do regardless of what anybody says to them. Yes. And I think, he, yeah, you're right. He knows his sisters better than she does. And he's just like, 
the more oxygen you give this, the worse right. it's going to get. Right. Yeah. And, and, but she's just really stuck to the point where, and that's what I couldn't get. Like, she's so, she's so stubborn about, I need to say something. I can't back yeah. down. That it's like, they're like, wow, somebody who is following us in a threatening matter in the car, she's like, no, I'm going to stop and confront him about it. Like, what? Right. What? Where? What? Like, what that's a dumb this? idea. What are that's you a doing? Dumb yeah, idea. Well, I mean, maybe she thinks that she's an intimidating person. Because, oh my gosh, it was really crazy when we saw her next to Derek. Yeah, it is. They really, they really lean into the camera angles that make her just oh look like. Oh my gosh, a, gigantic. A, a, yeah. Like she looks like a foot taller than him. Yes. Yeah, on the car, like I don't know if it's like some fisheye lens or something that they're using that yeah. accentuates it, but it it's not just a like it's not just a weight thing; it's a height thing. Oh too. no, it's both. Yeah, she's like dominating, like physically over him. Yeah, like whatever tricks they do to make Hagrid look really like that much bigger than Harry <laughs> yes. Potter, whatever they're doing it's the same. Very thing. much yes. like that. We've got Harry Potter and Hagrid over here. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, right. It makes it, but. But, I mean, you, you would think it is, but, I mean, the sisters clearly aren't intimidated by her. No. No, because she's not an intimidating person. I mean, like, she – when she yells, it's not like she's really yelling. She's got kind of that slow draw, like, yeah. kind of more soft-spoken Y'all nature to need to step away and stop doing that. It's like that's not a – Yeah. It's not a – yeah, even when she's being aggressive, she's not really aggressive. She kind of leans right. back from everything. Yeah, like she's it always leaning back. Off as too aggressive, even if she yeah. is saying aggressive things. Right, which is why she prefers to do her fighting on social media, which mm-hmm. is the dumbest place to fight. Right. <laughs> oh goodness, I do you see this going very far? I I I I don't because I don't know what she's expecting. For, I, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like. I know that she wants her to def- – I don't know what she wants. I don't know what she thinks is going to happen. Like that that's my part of it is like, OK, just think about this for a second, Monique. You need – you have to say something. You can't just not say something. It's like yeah. what do you think is going to happen when you do say something? Do you think they're going to be like, oh, sorry, you're right. We're wrong. We're back off now. Of course not. Like, well, why would mm. you uh, – what, what has ever happened in your life to this point to make you think that that's going to be the reaction they get? What reaction are you going to get? But she doesn't think that far ahead. And so she's right. weirdly impulsive in that specific way. Yeah. Right. I, and go ahead. I just think that Derek, um, he was kind of on the fence about her to begin with. And uh, now yeah. if he can't if she can't get along and she's the one kind of instigating these fights, he's gonna be like, This isn't worth it. Like, I was already on the fence about it anyway. This has just pushed me over to, you know, one side. Right. Because he was very clearly mad at her. And that yeah. comes from – I think that comes from all the years of his sisters. Like my sisters are who they are. Like right, I can't right. change that and I've been dealing with that with forever. But like I keep telling you how we need to deal with this and you keep just ignoring me and blowing past it and doing it. Like he was upset at her, especially the part where she was like, I'm going to go fight him. And it's like – Yeah. He's like, don't get me. do that. Yeah. yeah especially because – and that's what I think. It's, it's kind of that hypocritical two-way thing of the relationship. She's always like if you do anything out of line – I'm going to be mad. It's going to be hell to pay, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then as soon as she gets, you know, any kind of instigation, it's like, well, I'm going to go do the wrong thing now like, yeah. and possibly get you in trouble. The one thing you like said I cannot possibly do, you're going to take – bring me to that? 
Like just because you got because somebody came after you, it's a, it's not it's not a good look. And he's like, well, I see how this is. This relationship's one way, which it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And you know, to his credit, he it's not like he's letting off the sister scot free, right? No. Like he told the sisters, like, hey, you guys weren't there for me. I don't want to waste my time with you right now. And so it's not like he's on great terms with his sisters and he's sitting there like defending his sisters. He's not. He's kind of no. mad at everyone around him. Yeah, and but it, and and it is it is frustrating for Monique, and it's frustrating for it should be frustrating for him that as soon as he does that, it's like, listen, you weren't there for me. I'm not gonna kick it with people who weren't there for me. When we can come around and we I get my life in order, maybe we can make things, maybe we can work on things. And they're like their initial thing isn't like, well, we want to have a discussion with you. What do you mean we weren't there for you? No, it's like, what's that dumb bitch telling you? Like, yeah. <laughs> that must be her fault. She's turned you against us. Like, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, no, you did that yourself. Yeah, for real. All right, so let's move on to Nathan and Skylar. So Skylar tells us that her Nathan had constantly talked in prison, so she was happy to wake up next to Nathan. Skylar is excited to start her day, and Nathan has made her some kind of prison breakfast that he has it consists of a muffin, a donut surrounded by some oranges and some almond milk. And the real reason why he calls it prison breakfast is because it ends up that he stole it from a free continental breakfast at a hotel. Skylar mm. thinks it's a minor crime and old habits break hard. Skylar says that everything has been problem free so far. And Nathan says that he has to go to work while Skylar is planning on going to the salon with Gracie, her friend to get her hair done. Nathan is letting her borrow his truck, but he's worried that they're going to get in trouble. He especially concerned about the fact that Gracie uh, is has been addicted to the same drugs as Skylar. And Gracie is risking parole by leaving the halfway house that she's currently part of. He tells her repeatedly to make smart choices. Uh, but Skylar is paying for herself and Gracie to get their hair done. And so she's really excited about this outing. Skylar says that they get in trouble when they're in the halfway house because... You know, her and Gracie have been off itinerary while shopping together. Gracie is salty with Nathan for getting uh, Skylar sent back to prison. Skylar tells us that Nathan saw some text messages from guys the last time they were out together. And Nathan got upset and they were arguing for hours. And Skylar wasn't back in time because of the arguing. The producers point out that Nathan's version was a little different. And Skylar shakes her head. Nope, that's not what happened. Skylar's a little concerned because she hasn't heard from Nathan at all. She tries to call him, but he doesn't pick up. Skylar wants to get a job at the country club, but Nathan is worried about the kind of men with money she would meet there. Skylar thinks things are different this time, and Nathan hasn't even asked to see her phone at all. Skylar is worried that Nathan isn't answering, so she worries that something might be wrong. It triggers her to when her exes weren't able to message or uh, contact her back. And if you recall, her exes both OD'd. Skylar says that she has PTSD from her exes. Skylar says she can't even enjoy her hair being done today because she hasn't heard back from Nathan. Gracie says that maybe Nathan is making her wonder, just, you know, for the mystery of it. But Skylar says that she has had traumatic experiences and he knows that, so he wouldn't do that to her. Skylar's worried he overdosed possibly on fentanyl, their drug of choice. 
And then Skylar hurries home with Gracie in tow to see what happened to Nathan. Okay, so we did get a quick screenshot of a, you know, not screenshot, but a quick uh, just two-second glimpse of Nathan's phone with Skylar uh, calling. Do you think mm-hmm. that Nathan is intentionally not answering the phone or is this just all he's just busy and can't pick up the phone i i think he's just busy and can't pick up the phone um i mean like he's that, at work and he works with his hands right yeah but he's so a I tree was like, trimmer yeah i was like it's a, if i'm a tree trimmer right i probably would leave my phone in my car right for yeah. most of the day right i probably wouldn't i wouldn't want it getting hit by a branch or all the things that can go wrong while it's in my car. And like, obviously what do you, am I supposed to answer the phone while I'm holding a chainsaw? Like, like, right. you know, like also you're not going to be able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's one of those, it's one of those jobs that definitely if you work with people who like work with their hands, you're trying to get stuff done. Cause it's one of those jobs that you don't get like, obviously somebody gets paid for by the hour. Right. But the company right. gets paid by the job. Like you right. get paid, it costs this much to take the trees out. So if you get it done in one hour, we get it done in three hours, you're getting paid the same, right? So the, yeah. the company's going to be like, let's go, let's go, get this done quick, right? right? And so it's one of those jobs that if you're like, well, let me stop and get my phone out and text, everybody in your crew is going to be like, what are you doing? Put your phone away. But yeah. like, no. And so it it wouldn't surprise me at all if the production had a picture of his phone because it was in the truck with them, right. you know, and right. he didn't even have it. He was out working. And yeah. That's not unreasonable. A lot of people have jobs where they can't text from work. Yeah. I almost want to say that the phone call was likely to be reenacted. And they took a clip of that because why would production go with him on the job? That must be super boring and almost a waste of production's time and energy to Mm -hmm. film him tree trimming, you know, for like a whole day or something. But the only thing that's kind of suspicious to me in that whole scenario is let's, you know, for all the reasons we just mentioned, he doesn't answer his phone during the job. But then it seems like they have an established history of that. And I would also be suspicious if he's always accessible, even when he's at work and all of a sudden one day he's not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I get that. But I would – and I know she has the history with it. Um, most of the times it would be like, yes, I forgot to charge my phone or yeah. or, or like I, I do this all the time and I, at work. I'll be like – I guess I plug my phone in while I'm you know using the GPS or whatever and I get to work and I just leave it – I leave it in there. I forget yeah. to grab it when I get out of the car and then you're like, well, if I do that and then get in the work truck and drive off, like I, I'm not answering any text messages today, <laughs> right? Right, right. But but I, that is true if you think – and so, yeah, I, me not having PTSD from having two yeah. you know, boyfriends that, that died on me um, would, would you know, go to the internet innocent explanation first, right? And be like, oh, mm-hmm. when I do finally hear from him, I'll – he'll say, oh, sorry, I left my phone in the car, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I just saw this. I left my phone in the car because um, we've all sent – we've all sent, sorry, I just saw this. Like text yes. messages, right? Right, right. <laughs> and and so I could see that. But yes, if he was somebody who the whole time you were in prison, it was, you know, instantaneous within five minutes, I hear back from you every single time every single time I texted you. And now I get out and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's been now it's been five, six hours, then that is something that gets your yeah, at least makes you annoyed. Right, right, definitely. All right. So last up for me is Ashley and Travis. All right. 
So Ashley and Travis are back in Florida, and she got him the perfect generic gift for a 44-year-old white guy, a metal detector. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Also a shirt to wear while he's collecting. So he said he's always wanted to do some treasure hunting, but, you know, a much easier place to find treasure before he went to prison was in the bank that he could just steal from. It was much more efficient. He said he got a lot of money in a very short amount of time, even if it put him in prison. But anyway, that was how he used to cover his substance abuse problem. So we see him here. He does a little bit of detecting and then sits down on the beach with Ashley. She has a plan for tonight to a sunset cruise. Well, she says it's a cruise. I don't know what they actually do counts as a cruise, but okay. <laughs> she's glad that he's happier now that he, than he was. She, sees, she says she's seen him smile way more now than she ever saw when they talked when he was in prison. But she's nervous because she says she has some secret to keep from him. So – They get to the boat, which is, again, not really a cruise so much as they just chartered a boat and the guy takes them out on the water. (laughs) So they sit there with the – and he has booze and fruit for them to enjoy. So they sit there for the romantic sunset. But when she – when he brings up, you know, that, oh, wow, it's amazing that we have enough money for all this, she starts to cry and tells tells us that business has not been as good in the jewelry business as, you know, she had hoped and maybe he believes. But – at least between the two of them, the relationship for now is going pretty well. And for them, we also get the commercial segment, and it's them telling uh, it's us telling us about Travis, about all his tattoos. And he says the favorite one, and her favorite one too, are the Roman numerals for the date of the day he met Ashley. So he seems actually pretty into Roman numerals in general because he has more on his chest and stuff. And yeah. she at least seems to be really into all of his tattoos. But that's all we kind of hear from them. So we get the kind of you know, trope we have in this show a lot of the, but I'm keeping a secret for them. Is yeah. It, do you think it's just that her business is failing or is it something bigger? I think that her business is struggling. I don't know. It could be something bigger, but you're right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's on the casting call for all these things, right? Yes. Are you dating an inmate? Are they about to be released? Are you keeping some secret, right? So it's like that. <laughs> right. That is what they're looking for. I mean, even Gabby keeps on teasing that she has some kind of secret. Well, we saw legal docu- legal paperwork for her secret. Like, right. You know, it's a real so, secret. Yeah, I think Ashley's secret is like, She's not being super forthcoming about, you know, something having to do with the business and Travis, whether it's, you know, maybe he's not supposed to handle certain things like because he's a convicted felon, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe something that she's like trying to make it seem like things are better. The situation's better than it is. But, you know, it's going to I feel like it's not going to be that tragic having to do with a job. Yeah, I mean, it does. It just, as soon as he mentioned money, she just all mm-hmm. of a sudden broke down and cried, which is definitely a red flag. And to be like, I've hit on something that was bigger than what I just said. <laughs> right? right? He was like, I'm glad we have enough money to afford all this. And she starts crying. And I'd be like, I know I have enough experience with people that if somebody does that, I'd be like, we don't have enough money for this, do we? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. it's. Uh, I was actually talking to someone about this. And I was, uh, he, he's a single man. And I asked him, I was like, would you be put off by the fact that someone is constantly crying? I mean, not even because they're upset, just even out of happiness. He was like, no, I think that's endearing. I was like, I don't know. No, Are you sure? It's constant. Me. He was like, no, not I me. think it's endearing. Nope. Absolutely not. I don't. So, I do not like I mean, crying. I know. I agree. I was like, Are you sure? Are you sure? So, I mean, what I'm trying to point out is that 
there are people out there that do find it endearing and hopefully Travis is one of them because I think everyone else thinks, oh my God, it's a lot. Yes, it's it's a lot because I don't know. And it, 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 I feel bad because I, it's one of those things where it's just a cascading snowball of like yeah. emotions because someone cries and it frustrates me more than it does anything else, right? And then I feel bad that I made them feel bad. And then I'm frustrated. <laughs> then I feel bad that I'm frustrated because they're the ones who are upset. And now I should feel bad. And it's just like a whole like big well, thing. Well, what it's if like, someone was happy? Like you did something to make someone cry happy tears. How would that know. make you feel? But, well, the thing is my most of my experience with, pe- with crying <laughs> is people who have angry tears. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's one that you don't hear as much about, right? You never right. hear people talk about like, why are you crying? And it's like, because I'm pissed off. It's always like mm. because I was feeling so bad or because I was so happy. I don't know. I just – I don't know that I have very much experience with somebody who cries a lot of happy tears. Mm-hmm. Like weddings, sure, right? There's people who dry in their eyes, you know, dabbing their eyes at a wedding yeah. or something. But other than that, no, I don't really have a whole <laughs> lot of happy tears in my life. So I think you need to work I, on that. I think your uh, life goal should be like going around making people so happy that someone <laughs> will finally cry. <laughs> And then we can record your reaction. <laughs> yes, maybe. <laughs> all right. So uh, that we've heard from all the couples this week. So out of this group, who was your student of the week? Um, I guess Travis, because everyone else like had very bad things. <laughs> like they handled things. I feel like they handled things poorly or – uh, you know, caused conflict. I think, you know, the conflict in them was not from Travis. He seemed genuinely happy to be where he was and have what he had. And I don't know. I just, I, I'm so far in this season feeling like that's always a default. He's going to always be our <laughs> default option of being like, Travis didn't suck, I guess. Yeah, I actually went with Michael because I felt like everything he did in this episode was trying to back up Justine. You know, yeah. whether he agreed with it or not, you know, even him talking about, you know, the fight that she had with his mom. He's like, well, I back you up. So the family's going to have to learn to back me up to, you know, if back you up if they want to, you know, prove that they love me kind of thing. And even he wasn't super thrilled about Justine coming to the meeting, but he let her come. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't just say, OK, out with the ring. He was like, no, I like being married. Like, I want to keep the ring on, you know, so. Well, it's also, that's also – that's also to me is tricky. I've never like thought, oh, in order to be a successful rapper, you have to be single. Like like especially like Jay-Z is famously married. Like what are yeah. you talking about? Like, like yeah. there's rappers who I, have like that thing is their thing, that they're in committed relationships. Like it's a thing. I mean I have experience with it because, um, you know, I dated, you know, in my mid-20s to uh, pretty later um, someone who was in a band – And I remember when he had his uh, album release party, it was kind of like he was real flirty with everyone else. And I remember thinking like, oh, my God, if I'm in my 30s having to like provide jello shots for these 20 something year olds, I was like, (laughs) no. (laughs) But, you know, it is. It's like this image they think they have to maintain, you know, to be more desirable to get the groupies, you know. Yeah, so. like I just, I just, I never thought like the musical success hinges on whether or not you can attract groupies. Because yeah, but like they the, think it does. It's like a thing. Yeah. So yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, Monique. I know, right? Oh, yeah. So many things. So many things. Just over and over again. Like every decision she made was the wrong one. Like the whole yeah. episode. Yeah. She's like just looking for a fight. It's like, come on. Well, I wouldn't even say looking for a fight. Not backing down from a fight in situations yeah. that shouldn't be a fight in the first place. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. What about your life lesson? Uh, my life lesson is, okay, so if you if you go to, you know, couples therapy, go to relationship therapy, the, the therapist will never tell you that the secret to resolving conflict is to do petty things to get revenge on the other person. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That applies to a lot of couples. This, yeah. I was specifically uh, thinking of Gabby and Chris who were just like out trying to out petty each other and it's like, oh what, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah. Uh, mine is for Nathan and Skylar because I actually think that this is a pretty common thing in uh, relationships is like that anxiety, you know, mm -hmm. and differing levels of it. But I mean, honestly, read receipts are amazing for people who have anxiety. I get a little bit of anxiety and my partner has read receipts on and it's like, I know, you know, if he hasn't read it, then that means that he's busy. With work mostly. But I mean, you know, we're not in constant communication like they are. But I think it would go a long way to know, like, if this person just is ignoring you versus they're not seeing it, you know? Right. I don't know. Uh, to me, the issue with red receipts is – or read receipts. That's always – that's a big controversy, right? Is oh. it red receipts or read receipts? Is that, like, I wish we could turn them on. At least you can't do this on Android. Yeah. Um, Per contact. Oh, because yeah, you some can people, for you can for iPhone. Yeah, you cannot yeah. for Android. They're either on for everybody or they're off for everybody. And oh, it's like no, there are lots of people who I do not want to know when oh, I yeah. read a message. I, I honestly my default is on because I'm very good at responding to people. And so I don't really care if you've seen that I've read it or not. Because if I've read it, I have messaged you back. I don't just sit on text messages. Yeah, I, I, I don't know when it actually says I read mine. I think because I get them on my watch. And I think if I see mm -hmm. it on my watch but don't open it on my phone, it doesn't get marked as read. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but sometimes it's like, yeah, I, I just have things where I'm like, okay, well, I see that you sent that. I read it. But I have to do – I guess I could send the message and be like, okay, I'm working on it or okay, I'll get back to you in a couple hours yeah. on that. But yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I just rather wait a couple hours, depending on who it is, and just actually give them the answer they were looking for. Right, right. Okay. Um, so uh, we're just getting started with this group. So we will be back uh, same time next week. All right. Yep. See everybody then. All right. Until then. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. bye.